All right, friends, welcome to episode one of In My Drafts, where I'll be talking about some basic tips that I like sharing with beginners to budget traveling. If you have absolutely no idea where to even start with planning an affordable trip, this is for you. It's a topic that I have much to say about, but I will try to give you my condensed version and hopefully you leave a little more convinced that you truly don't have to be rich to travel and that yes, you can have a great travel experience that won't break your bank. Okay, so I'm going to break it down for you into five categories, flights, accommodations, transportation, activities, and food. Let's start off with flights. This is where you can probably save the most money if you do it right. So first, choose two to three sites to use to compare prices for the same trip. I personally like to use Mamundo, Skyscanner, and Kayak because all of these have a feature where you can enter your destination to be everywhere. Like literally, you can enter everywhere or anywhere as the destination. And then you can easily see what destinations are the cheapest for the dates that you input. Occasionally, I might find a flight on Google Flights or the airline website itself that ends up being a little cheaper. So I do like to check these once I find the deal that interests me just in case. Now to maximize your chances to find the cheapest flights once you've chosen your sites to use, I recommend searching in a window that is in incognito mode so that it does not save your searches in your search history and it doesn't leave traces like cookies on your computer. This is because some sites will hike up the price of the same flight if you keep coming back to that site and searching the same flight over and over again from the same device. So um, you end up thinking that it's only getting more and more expensive and you decide to buy it right then and there before it gets pricier. So this is kind of a trick that the sites sometimes do. Um, And if you're unsure how to search in incognito mode, just do a quick Google search and you'll find some easy instructions. Once you're in incognito on your chosen site, if you have flexibility with the dates and destination, play around with the search everywhere features, search days that involve flying in the middle of the week rather than the weekend, and even try comparing the cost of a round trip ticket between points A and B to buying a trip that involves multiple destinations, um, such as Uh, from point A to B to C back to A. So sometimes this can actually be the same price or even cheaper than just the round trip between points A and B. Another option that you can try is signing up for the free email newsletter called Scott's Cheap Flights. You may have heard of them before, but they're a newsletter that sends out email alerts on super cheap flights for different destinations every day. I personally have never used them for a flight, but I do follow them on Instagram and often see people comment about the deals that they've taken advantage of. So I would say it's definitely worth a look. And again, it's called Scott's Cheap Flights. If you have a specific destination and time frame in mind, then I recommend searching about six weeks to three months in advance for the best prices in general and looking into using the price alert features that sites such as Mamundo, Skyscanner, and Kayak include to alert you when the flight prices for that destination and time frame go up or down. Sometimes um, something else that you can keep in mind is that there 
often big airline deals for holidays or for things like Black Friday. Like, guys, the first time I heard about Black Friday airline deals was in 2015 when my friend Justin and I bought 50% off round trip tickets to Hong Kong for $650 with um, Cathay Pacific Airlines. And I swear, like, at first I thought this was a hoax. Um, I had never heard about this, but it turns out it's not and it's a real thing. So definitely around Black Friday time, um, look into seeing what airlines are doing some cool deals for that. And then my last piece of advice when it comes to flights is to just be open to flying with budget airlines. Yes, so this means being open to airlines that perhaps don't provide meals, entertainment, fluffy seats, and fancy upgrades, and um, sometimes they may limit your baggage unless you want to pay extra for all of these features. I know many people who say that they'll never fly with these airlines, and that's totally their right to. I'm just saying that if you're serious about saving several literally hundreds of dollars on flights in my experience it's been worth giving up some of these quote-unquote luxuries for a few hours of flight and I mean I'm talking less than like $200 round trip flights to cities in California, Texas, and Puerto Rico, just to name a few, and less than $400 round trip flights to Colombia and Guatemala all of which uh, that I've mentioned, I've found and bought from the DC area. So trust me on this. Um, for example, I've done many flights, both national and international on Spirit Airlines, an airline that causes many people to immediately shut down once it comes out of my mouth. Um, and I'll be the first to admit and recognize that low budget airlines such as Spirit have a reputation for delays and difficult customer service when things go wrong. So it can be a higher risk to go with these airlines. But at least in my experience, things usually go pretty smoothly with low-budget airlines. And the few times that I've had to use their customer service, they've helped me out and were pretty reasonable. Um, just recently, I got a full credit back with Spirit Airlines when I had to cancel a trip to Puerto Rico due to recurrent earthquakes, um, even though I didn't purchase any travel insurance with them when originally booking the flight. So all I'm saying is that if you're serious about saving money, be open to these airlines and don't worry about the extra luxuries. You will survive and you'll have extra cash because of it. So now that you have your trip booked, where do you stay? The answer to this will change depending on your circumstances. What's the destination? Is this a busy metropolitan city or country roads? Are you traveling solo or perhaps with a group of four? In general, for accommodations, I like to look on Airbnb first when traveling with one other person. Bonus, if there's a kitchen that we can use to cook some meals. So if you're staying somewhere for at least a week, you can actually take advantage of the weekly discount feature on Airbnb. And if you've never used Airbnb before, there's a first-timer perk of getting up to $40 off of your first stay. Sometimes, though, splitting a hotel room with a small group may be a cheaper option than an Airbnb. I've found this to be the case in some busier cities, so definitely do a brief search to get an idea of price comparisons. When traveling solo, I like to look at hostels mainly for the social aspect of it, but also to save some money when I can't split the price of an Airbnb with someone. 
Hostels usually have kitchens to use and are a great way to have easy access to social activities and organize tours or mini excursions, so it really makes the solo life travel a lot easier. To give an idea of how cheap things can get, in certain regions of the world like Central America or Asia, you can book accommodations for as little as 5 to 15 US dollars a night. But even pricier places can be affordable too, um, is what I found in my experience. Um, so personally, I've been able to do several trips in Europe with prices averaging from 20 to 30 US dollars per night. Um, so there's no need to spend literally hundreds of dollars on a fancy European hotel room. There are definitely options out there that can fit your budget. Some things you'll want to consider when choosing your accommodation is how far it is from the main activities or the places that you want to see, um, and if there is public transportation or easy Uber access available. You may find a super cheap place to stay at that is, say, closer to the airport, but it's too far from everything else and you end up paying more in daily transportation. So consider paying a little bit more to be located more centrally, but end up saving in transportation um, in the long run. And of course, no matter what you end up choosing to go with, look at reviews. I generally avoid places with few to no reviews, places that have lower ratings, and places that report making people feel unsafe. So look at those comments, look at those ratings, and go with what your gut is telling you that is the best choice for you. The next category is transportation. So do a little research on what the most popular mode of transportation is by locals living in your destination. In Europe, for example, public transportation in the form of subways, buses, and trains are widely used. Look into what specials the city offers for passes that provide unlimited public transportation use and how you can purchase it. I've never had to rent a car during my travels, but I've also done mainly busier cities, so renting a car actually may be something you'd want to look further into if you'll be in a wider open space, such as, I don't know, driving through scenic roads in Iceland or making the drive from coast to coast in Ireland. So just look up some basics before doing this, and I totally commend you if you do, because it's something that I actually have not worked myself up to yet, but I can see how it could totally be rewarding if done under the right circumstances. I find that most big cities have Uber or some form of that now, so you can look to see if your destination offers this as an option as well. Just keep in mind that you need to already have the app downloaded because if you try to do so once in your destination and um, you're abroad without any cell phone service, you may run into some troubles with setting up the account. You also need to be able to have internet access, of course, to use Uber, so keep in mind that if you will be relying on this um, and you don't have phone service, you need to think about where you can connect to Wi-Fi when requesting rides. If you're looking to travel between cities or countries via ground transportation, I have a few sites to recommend. If in the U.S., check out wanderu.com, that's W-A-N-D-E-R-U.com, which compares bus, train, and flight prices for your destination. So for example, I like using Wanderu for $20 buses from D.C. to New York. For Europe, check out omio.com, that's O-M-I-O.com, 
for the same type of price comparisons and I've done several international bus rides that cost me an average of once again 20 US dollars but in Europe and for a worldwide transportation search engine I recommend Rome2Rio.com so it's Rome the number two rio.com and this is a good one that will map out different route options for you and sometimes you may find that the cheapest mode of transportation can surprise you so it's always worth um, to do a little bit of a comparison okay so now for the fun stuff the activities category um, so what to do in your destination the first thing I like to do is to go to YouTube and search for videos on both touristy and non-touristy things to do as well as free things to do in the destination that I'm going to be going to I like being able to see what these places look like on video and getting tips as people visit these places in their videos. So that's why I'm a big fan of just looking up YouTube videos versus your typical blog style. And then whenever I'm going to a new city, one of my favorite things to do is to look up a walking tour. So if you're in Europe, for example, a fantastic one to look up is called Sandy Man's Free Walking Tours, which is actually in multiple cities all over Europe. And basically it's free to go on a tour. And at the end, you tip the guide however much you want. So all the tours I've done with them have been exceptional, lasting two to three hours and keeping my full attention with entertaining and passionate guides. Makes sense because they're trying to make a good tip. So they're trying to give you the best tour possible. I'd recommend a walking tour prepaid or not at the beginning of your stay in a city so that you start to get an idea of where everything is located and then you still have some time afterwards to be able to go back to places that you've passed on your tour that caught your attention. Other free or affordable things to look into are local hikes, museums, which in many cities are actually free to enter on a certain day of the week. Um, you can look for opportunities for outdoor picnics and people watching and city viewpoints for a great view of the city. There's usually some paid option for these viewpoints, whether it's a tower you have to climb or a skyscraper with an entrance fee, but people online will usually reveal less popular and free places to get similar views from, so definitely look out for that on the internet. There are also meetups posted online that you can look for that maybe fits a hobby of yours, like brewery tastings where people get together um, to go on those for, or dancing events, language exchanges. For these, you can check out meetup.com or even local Facebook events and see what's going on in the destination that you're going to. If you're interested in purchasing an organized excursion or activity, I recommend looking at TripAdvisor or even on Airbnb's Experiences feature to see what's offered and compare prices. Or once in your destination, you can even pop into a hostel and ask their front desk what kinds of trips are offered because they often have loads of things to refer you to. So the last and perhaps most important category is food. So to save the most money here, cook when you can. I usually make sure that my accommodation that I choose offers access to a kitchen so that I can at least have the option to be able to make myself a quick breakfast before I leave or a nice dinner when I come back. 
And this next part may sound a little bit silly, but it can be super fun to go into a local supermarket and see what the heck is sold there. Like, I've learned so much from just seeing how differently supermarkets can be structured and set up from city to city, country to country. And it's really quite entertaining, which is odd to say about a supermarket, but I feel like everything that is usually mundane and simple is more fun when it's in a completely new destination. A little pro tip here, supermarkets can also be a great place to get some affordable treats for people back home. So I'd recommend checking out the local chocolate, coffee, or tea, or really just anything, snacks, um, anything that could be interesting for you to take back for people to taste. Another tip is that many supermarkets abroad are serious about keeping their food fresh and will put perishables on super, super sale close to closing time in order to get rid of things that would otherwise have to be thrown away. So let me tell you that when I discovered this at the Mark and Spencer's supermarket in the Netherlands, I went all out at 6.45 p.m. several times and got myself dinners that cost me only an average of about five to seven U.S. dollars literal blessings when you're trying to save money. When you're out and about exploring, I'd recommend the time to eat at a restaurant and treat yourself is during lunchtime when things are generally cheaper. Um, but if you're searching for an affordable lunch, keep an eye out for some type of shawarma or small sandwich shop, which um, you can find while you're roaming around in the streets. And I can guarantee you'll find something humble, but really delicious with a little patience. I've also found many fresh options at, once again, the supermarkets that carry ready-to-go sandwiches, soups, pasta salads, etc., and have been able to have many lunches well under seven U.S. dollars in Europe because of this. If you're up for spending a little more on something that covers both food and fun, look into a food tasting or cooking class. Depending on where you are, this may actually be pretty affordable. For example, I did a three-hour cooking class that included unlimited drinks for like 20 US dollars total in Guatemala, and it was totally worth it. So if you're somewhere, maybe not in Europe, but somewhere in Latin America or Asia, look into seeing what options they have for cooking classes or food tastings. Okay, so we made it to the end of episode one. Those are some of my general tips on budget traveling broken into five categories. I hope some of it was useful to you and inspires you to do some research into whatever your chosen destination is. So until next time, happy planning and happy traveling.